The story you are about to hear is fantasy. None of the names have been changed because they were all made up in the first place. This session. The Woman in Red. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Gaming Theater Roleplays. Uh, we are still doing the Andreas Cauldron Police Department, and tonight we have three officers on the case. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, starting with Akab. Hello, everybody. I am El Penguin, and I'll be playing Akab. And Izzy? Hello, I'm Leo, the Geek Scorpio, and I'll be playing the role of Izzy, our classically trained gentleman thief. And Solren. Hello, I'm Kate, and I will be playing Solren, the lazy elf. <laughs> I don't know how to describe them. <laughs> I, lazy elf is good. I like that. <laughs> lazy warrior elf. I would have gone with that way around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are elves that el- sometimes people look at elves and just like, oh man, they just sit around and they plan and they plan and they never actually go into action. And then there's Solren, who's just lazy. <laughs> yes. You you could say Solren has low Elfert. <laughs> ah, nice. Tonight we will be beginning at police headquarters. Chief Raggard Hammerforge gathers everyone around and says, all right, everybody, uh, I have an announcement from the clerics union they want to give you all uh, some advice regarding the eating of limbs of captured criminals uh let's see what it says here please do not eat the limbs of captured criminals who did it that makes them harder to reattach i i don't uh, know what you're talking really, about do you guys back, do you guys know who did that not i don't clue. know who did that uh, to, to answer your question, Cobb, yes, the clerics union is under contract to heal criminals that have been injured in the line of duty. Or in, heal criminals that our police officers have injured in the line of duty. Let me rephrase that. As part of the Fairness in Thievery Act of 1106. Never heard of her. I'm, I'm not even from around here, so. <laughs> I, I don't know. Why is everyone looking at me? You're the one that reads the rule book. <laughs> On a completely unrelated note, John has been reassigned to the kitchen duty for the foreseeable future. I don't know, probably a week. We'll find out. All Does right. I mean, don't have a supervisor. Why do you guys think John is your supervisor? <laughs> you said he was. John said he was a supervisor once. Nobody corrected him. I don't remember promoting John. You know what? Screw it. Sure, he's your supervisor now. Ugh. Well, John is a tough cookie to crack. So he's our double supervisor? No, he's still the regular supervisor, but now it's a lot more official. <laughs> oh. Nice. It's, you know, Never. how like, nope. how that other officer, the, the you know, 16 people officer, uh, parts of people officer... More like, I mean, he's like five, but... Yeah. How kind of the rookie of our group? Such a unique specimens. Yes, well, I'd love to sit here and discuss uh, your fellow officers' shortcomings with you all day, but uh, unfortunately we have a city to protect, so get to work! And uh. then Hammer Forge walks off. Yeah. I don't think he likes us. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because people keep trying to feed people to John. I didn't do that. 
I mean, didn't feed. I just implied that we would feed people the John. I mean, isn't this where we all carry the jerky? I mean, well, uh, at least he's working kitchen tonight. Side note, for lunch, I think we should eat out. Okay. Yes. As you guys are discussing plans for lunch, Izzy, a familiar face, walks into the door. You recognize him as Bedris, the dwarven cleric of the god Armis. He comes in and he seems to be looking around. All right, so he's going to head over to Bedris. Bedris, what are you doing here? Ah, officer, I was hoping I would spot you. You were uh, investigating some dolls the other the other day, is that right? Yeah. Well, the uh, situation may have escalated slightly. All right, why don't you come over to our desk and... and- give me some of the details. Comes over to your desk and he has a seat. I don't know if you know Lucan. He is a friend of mine. Uh, he's a cleric, but he's an adventurer. Can't say that I have. Roll an intelligence and alertness check for me. Okay. This is to see if you remember something from the past that you may or may not remember. Intelligence uh, or alertness? Intelligence and alertness, because it's not actually tied to a skill. This is just a piece of information that you may recall. Uh, right. Your difficulty is going to be a 7. D10 and a D6 for this one. And that's 10. Okay. You actually do remember Lucan Calum, who is an elven cleric. He was one of the guys from the bar fight. He was in an adventuring party with Martin and Hank. And you huh. may remember, you only know their names because you had to take them down during processing when you arrested them. Kinda, Otherwise, sorta. Otherwise, you didn't uh, get to know him all that well. I kind of bailed on a cop. A cop would have probably knew, right, did all the paperwork for that one. Lord knows John can't. Am, am I within earshot of this? You can be. How, how well do I remember this? I don't know. Roll an intelligence and alertness check for me. Nine. What was I supposed to be? Seven. It's Seven. Same. Yeah, you remember this. Um, you you did the paperwork for it two weeks ago. Oh, is it wasn't that the elf that shot me in the chest at the bar? I'm sure. I'll be honest, I was unconscious for most of that fight. Hold on. Also, Pedris uh, uh, goes, Yeah, that sounds like Lucan. So, so how anyway. did So what? what's the escalation? Well, Lucan came to me about the doll. It appears that it's one of his friends that uh, had it. And he overheard him offering another friend a chance to make a contract of their own. Seems that they got into a fight over it. And Lucan's now trying to find a way to reverse the contracts. Wait, can those contracts get reversed? That's a complicated question. Hey, I came to you to get more information on these dolls. The technical answer is no. But yes, the only one who can actually reverse the contract is the demon. The demon is usually not in a cooperative mood when it comes to reversing contracts. Do you have any knowledge of the whereabouts of what these guys are? They're adventurers. They hang out where adventurers do. In bars, possibly the Adventurers Guild, or in some dungeon out in the wilds. So, okay. When, where did you last hear about all this? Lucan came to me yesterday. Alright. So we'll have to go searching all over the city for a cleric. I need things to na- to cut this down. 
Well, I told Lucan that if you want to force a demon to reverse their contract, uh, there's a binding spell that is pretty common. You see, if you kill a demon, they'll leave this plane of existence, but they'll just go back to the underworld. Uh, and then they can return back to this plane of existence after a short time. A couple of days, a couple of weeks, sometimes a couple of years if they're particularly weak. But for the most part, killing them isn't really a long-term plan. So there's a binding spell that you can use. You bind a demon, and as long as the cleric is concentrating on the spell, the demon is trapped and can't leave this realm. All right. Do they have to do the spell in any particular location, or do you know anything about the spell? Well, I know that they have to be close to the demon. All right, but it can be basically performed anywhere. Yeah. Um, There's more information that I'm not privy to. I don't do a whole lot of uh, demon slaying myself. I think that might be what Lucan's up to right now, is trying to research that spell. All right, I'll see what we can do. Okay, so I want to see if I can find any... Binding spells sound like they're not... They're kind of uncommon, so would we have records of where or anyone around here that would know where a person would get a binding spell? Well, the short answer is any of the temples. It's it's not an uncommon spell for a cleric to know, but people who aren't clerics can't even attempt it. Okay, so I'm getting the guys together and explaining the situation where we have to go find this down. So we already know that the demon is a lady in red. That's not exactly cutting this down, but we need to find a particular binding spell that would, or someone who would have sold the binding spell for him. We're gonna have to go check out some of these uh, temples. There's five temples in this in this town, or six. That is correct. The Temple of Pyrek, goddess of the sun, fire, light, and mercy. Cryo, the god of winter, ice, justice, and law. Hydro, the god of the sea, storms, and freedom. Nocturne, the goddess of the moon, autumn, theater, and those who are lost, as well as prophecy. And Armis, god of the earth, smithing, crafting, and war. Bendris is a cleric of the god Armis. So I think we should start with Armis on this. Okay. Come on, guys. Let's go take a look at our at the cleric's place in the Armus. Yeah. Uh, adventure we go then. All right. Uh, you follow Bendris back to Temple of Armus, um, and he shows you to the library that uh, most of the studies or most of the clerics study for their spells. It's a uh, the lower floors of the Temple of Armus are very loud. There's a lot of smithing and crafting going on. There's a lot of people there. It's a, it's basically a giant workshop where stuff is happening all around. The library is kept on the upper floors, so it's a ways away from the hustle and bustle of the workshop. That said, you can still hear kind of a little bit of muffled working going on. Like every time someone swings a hammer, you can still hear it all the way up here. It's just this, it's just a slight little ding, just a really a really sort of quiet, constant noise. But compared to the rest of the temple, it's pretty quiet up here. Okay. All right. So, um, is there a librarian of sorts or archivist? This, there is not. 
in that case, could I roll my intelligence and knowledge to see if I can find cross-reference demon, uh, a red dress demon, or the demon in red, and uh, a woman in red, a woman in red, and um, and a binding spell. Uh, sure. You can go ahead and roll. I guess that could be intelligence plus knowledge, demonology, or something similar if you have it. Okay. Can I also instead use uh, alertness? Yes, you can. Because okay. I'm searching. Uh, difficulty on this is going to be another seven. You know what would be helpful? A librarian to do this sort of work. All right. Rolled an 11 in total. You don't find any information about the woman in red in particular. You do sign, find some more information about binding spells. Okay. Uh, a lot. You don't have any magic skill, correct? Not a one. Most of it's pretty much incomprehensible to you. Um, it references things that you've never even heard of, that you have no clue what the definitions of most of these words are. Significant sessions of it, you're pretty certain, aren't even written in common. But the practical stuff that's early on that sort of describes how you would use the spell is easy enough to understand. You basically, you have to have your target demon in sight. There's not really a range listed, but basically they can't be on the other side of a wall or hiding or something like that. They have to be someone you can directly see. You also know that it takes time to cast. The very first thing that you have to do is there's part of the spell that prevents the demon from plane shifting into back into the underworld at will, which is something most demons can do. So there's a spell to basically anchor them to this plane that's part of the binding spell. After that, it gets a little fuzzy. There's just a note that this can take time to complete the spell. So, um, but the binding spells have to be, are individually set up for each demon that's out there, right? No. This, there's a, there's a note that this will work on any demon that you confront. All right. Well, that's convenient. Um, there, there is some notice that the better you know the demon, the more likely your spell is to work, but also the better the demon knows you, the less likely the spell is to work. And some other, some other stuff about, you know, having a piece of the demon in hand could potentially improve your odds. Something like a clip of hair or, or a horn that's been cut off or something along those lines. Objects that are important to the demon, if you have one of those on hand, it could improve your odds, but that's less because of an actual magical thing and more because the demon's distracted. Also, distracting the demon, also important, because mm -hmm. most demons, if they know that you're doing this, will not just stand there and let it happen. One guy does, but really, we don't talk about them too much. <laughs> oh, man, got me again. None of this is going to help me find the demon. Can I spend our plot points to ask around and hopefully somebody has been in here to see if they know oh, that the, uh, this cleric showed up? Well, you don't have to spend plot points to roll if that's what you're asking. Uh, no, to have a person show up. <laughs> to just have a person show up that already knows about this demon? Yeah. No. Cause not because that's not enough plot points or anything, but because that's actually the, like, that's the story. Yeah, it's binding the demon. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't use plot points to skip the story. Oh, fiddle fudge. I guess let's start asking people. But that's if the demon, if the guy even showed up here. There's still like four other t uh, temples we have to go to. You're you're not the only patron in this library. There are people you could ask questions of. None of oh, them are Luke, notably, but 
Thorin has definitely found the closest chair slash bench and lying down. <laughs> and with that, Sora's out. <laughs> Solren, you are attempting to catch a little bit of shut-eye, I'm guessing. Yeah. In a place with a bunch of hammer thinging. Yeah. Kind of my point, yeah. <laughs> so, sure, you close your eyes, but but you're not able to sleep. You try, but there's just this constant little ting. Ding, ding, ding. Which is funny because I also have the trait of light sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> I can sleep anywhere at any time, but not for very long. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any noise. <sighs> so, yeah, what's your guys' next move? Well, I guess I'm going to see if there's been. Uh, uh, I know this place doesn't have a sign-up sheet or anything like that, because we didn't have to do that to check out these books. Well, you haven't checked anything out. You just took them off the shelves. Oh. Is there a sign-up sheet or anything like that? No, there's not. Okay. I'm, just, I'm just making a <laughs> There's just the one guy. I guess I'll go over to the one guy. Yeah, we could always ask him. Mm-hmm. Hey, were you around here yesterday? What time yesterday? Uh, mid-afternoon. Of sorts. Yeah, I was here mid-afternoon. Uh, why do you ask? I'm looking for a cleric around here. Might have been looking around some of these uh, books in this section. Did you happen to see anybody? I mean, it's mostly clerics in here. <laughs> Could you be more specific? Um, someone who oh. has an interest an- in... Okay. Hold on. An elven cleric. Okay, we've got a few of those. Huh. What, what did he say his name was again? Lucas, I think? Lucan. 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 Oh, yeah, 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 Lucan. No, he. I didn't see him in here, at least not yesterday afternoon. He's actually not uh, a cleric of Armis, so I wouldn't really expect, him, expect to see him all that often. Do you know where he's a cleric of, by chance? Uh, he's actually a cleric of Cryo. Oh. Well then, thank you so much. No problem. Off to cryo we go. Come on, Solren. Damn loud in here anyway. If only those hammers had a rhythm, then I could do something with that. <laughs> That's really the worst part, <laughs> is they don't. <laughs> oh my god, not just <sighs> hammers, but ones with no rhythm. <laughs> like, like you know, if they were, if it were like ding, ding, ding. You know, you, that, that'd be a beat. You could fall asleep to that, but they're just, it's, it's like they're just hammering away willy-nilly. <laughs> just all up in this business. No rhythm. I don't need that. Too much scat in this, in this here forge. <laughs> Too much scat for this cool cat. <laughs> Alright, uh, anyway, you guys make your way to the Temple of Cryo. Cryo is essentially what you would probably think of when you're thinking of, like, those old Italian Catholic churches. You know, very tall, lots of big spires, stained glass windows, the works. Ah, sweet guilt-filled windows. St. <laughs> <laughs> Paul is looking at you. <laughs> you enter in here, it is noticeably much quieter than it was in the Temple of Armis. There are clerics around, but, you know, everybody's being kind of, you know, kind of quiet. Keep it up, 
voices down, not really, not really making a lot of noise. So, I'm asking around to see if I can find their library. Sure. Go ahead and make a willpower, and you could do investigation, or you could use persuasion, influence, something along those lines. Okay. Uh, just beat a three. Just don't botch. Ooh. Oh, that was like to do this. Oh, influence persuasion. I can use. Yes. Okay. Ooh. Then I guess I will do my investigation in willpower. Yeah, I got a ten. Nice. These guys don't have like an open uh, library. You got to ask around. I have a Most places don't have an open library. You were only allowed into the Armas's library because Bendris was there. So yeah, you you ask around a little bit, and and their library is generally closed off to the public. It's really the only the sort of place that fellow clerics can go into. But your cops, you're here on a case. They're not really going to stand in your way. Oh um, man, I was hoping I would have to dance my way out of this mess. <laughs> dance off. Do, do you just want to start a musical number at some point? <laughs> uh, as they mentioned that, they're like, I think you, if you wanted to do that, you should probably talk to Pyra. And her and her able ilk, but uh, here in the temple of Cryo, we take things seriously. Solren bumps into a bench. Oops, sorry. And then they lie down. <laughs> uh, but they direct you towards the library. This one's actually in the basement, and you do in fact see Lucan there in the library. He's studying something. Alright, <laughs> I've got an idea. Hey, Solren. <laughs> Hold on, what's your idea first? Ah, so I figure that, and here's my idea, that me and the cob go to engage Lucan and Solren, since Solren probably will fall asleep, falls asleep on the stairs as, and acts as a barrier. I like this plan. Alright, soldier, you right here, and if anybody gets past, just stop. I don't care how you do it, just stop them. Might not have Can to I come with that. Leg off? Uh, not this time. Okay. Raggard says no. <laughs> if, they, if they attack you first, then maybe we make, make an exception. Okay, fine. Solren sits down on the... <laughs> on the stairs? <laughs> if you want to get technical, Raggard didn't say not to lob off people's legs. He just said don't eat them afterwards. Oh, that that is true. We got a firm yeah. no cannibalism rule. We didn't used to have that, John. <laughs> 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 is it cannibalism though? Because John's technically dead, so oh. not eating his own kind. I, I don't think aliveness has to do with whether or not it's cannibalism. <laughs> Pretty certain it's it's just restricted to species. <laughs> Darn. Wait, is John a human? You know what? I don't even know what John was. You know what? So my understanding is that we'll John find was out on another I episode. No. <laughs> I haven't been told explicitly. <laughs> Next episode is John Human. <laughs> He's like, John, what are you? Uh, makes sense. <laughs> you know what? Like, oh, really? On your mother's side? Not bad. Wow. All yeah, right. I saw a little bit of giant inside in you. Oh. All right. All right. So we're agreed. We have to make a small pool of of cash. Winner takes the pot if they can guess what species John is. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. I think we're losing track. Don't we need to talk to this kid? <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll get there. Alright, I got... You know what? Put me down for a hundred silver on... On... 
or put me down for 10 silver on, on giant. I, I like that, Zod. Izzy, don't be an idiot. 30 on a human. All right, so back to the investigation. All right, 30 is <laughs> the buy-in for this. Got it. Hey, hey, wait. Hey, wait a minute. I got 32. All right. Well, pick your species that you think John might be. Zombie. Zombie is, a, is an afterthought. That happens after. What was John beforehand? Zombie's more of a subspecies category. You kind of, like, get married into it, but, like, you have to die to get into it. You get married to get into zombie? Um, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like, you kind of, like, get adopted into, like, the zombie hood. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. They are it's more like, zombie. In, in order to do it, you gotta die first. But then you become a zombie, and it's like, I mean, you were always a, a species before, but then you're also, like, hyphen zombie now. So a zombie is a cultist. Uh, kind of. It's like a poser version of this, but, you know, honestly, the better version, because they're not actually a zombie. We're, we're, we're also lost in just, like, what category of zombies we're dealing with on this one, because, like... Like, John is also a, a single zombie. Like, how often do you see that in general? Yeah. So, anyway, what species you want to put down? You can't do human. A cop called that one. Mm. Can't do giant because Izzy called that one. How tall is John, by the way? Oh. About, like, I think John is... Might be six feet? I don't know. I just remember him saying that he's conventionally handsome. What, what is the most attractive height? <laughs> I, I can tell you that race, heights, eye color, hair, none of that stuff is actually written down on John's sheet. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, what other races are there? <laughs> Whatever you want. All the standard fantasy races. Oh my we, have, like, we got one dude who's five races. Yeah, maybe John's a succubus. <laughs> or succubi. <laughs> I'm conventionally handsome. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah, Thorin's gonna... I think he's a succubus. Alright. <laughs> so, just because I am keeping track of this, <laughs> for future reference, Cobb has 30 silver on human, Solren has 30 silver on succubus, and Izzy has 10 silver on giant? Uh, 30. The pot has should stay the same. 30, okay. 30 all across. Agreed? Agreed. Agreed. All right, back to the. Okay. Uh, to the... <laughs> hold on, hold on. One ground rule: John cannot know, just to keep it fair. Obviously, although now um, I don't know how we're gonna figure this out. Uh, that we'll we'll deal with that part later. We have to trick him into telling us. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm heading over to. Uh, <laughs> It was important. It was very important. So I'm heading over to Lucan. <laughs> so, what you read over there? So, as, as you say that, he, without actually looking up, mind you, he just says, oh, I'm just brushing up on my TV. Oh! Uh, oh, hi. What are you doing here? Ah. Uh, wanted to ask you a couple of questions about your friend. How are they doing? He eyes you up. We're doing just fine, officer. Staying out of trouble, like you asked. Ah, uh, not any kind of weird situations. Possibly having to deal with a demon of some sorts. I don't know what you could possibly mean, officer. Uh, question. Mm -hmm. Can I be able to 
Because since he's talking, is he be able to just like take a peek at what he's actually reading? Uh, sure. If you want to make an alertness and covert stealth check real quick. Number you've got to beat is... Man, if it turns out he's just reading a fanfic, this will be embarrassing. This is John fanfic. <laughs> Side note, that does not count on the pool. <laughs> okay. No, no. So, uh, you said it was alert and what else? Covert stealth. Since you're trying to do it without him noticing that you're doing it. Alright. Can I use my low-key presence as well? Yes, you can. I would like to spend two plot points. Okay. To bump that up to a 11. Yeah, you. he is definitely reading the binding spell. I don't know if you took a look at uh, the spell when Izzy was taking a look at it, but I'll just assume that you did. And it's basically identical. Other than being written down in different handwriting, it's, like, the exact same thing. Okay. Uh, what's this guy's name again? Lucan. Like LinkedIn, but different. Oh, okay. It would be really funny if you call him something different each time. <laughs> Listen here, Lycan. <laughs> I've had about enough of your bullcrap, Linus. <laughs> I've had it up to here with your, with yourself on this lima bean. <laughs> All right, Leonard. <laughs> All right, so since I've gotten a nice good peek, I'd like to just come down eye to eye to him and say, so you're not looking at anything about binding spells, right? Well, just looking, I just want to look him dead in the eye while just saying that. Who says I'm not looking up binding spells? I'm a cleric. It's important to keep up on these things. But binding spells for demons? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm an adventurer officer. We go out and we deal with dangerous types all the time. Certainly don't want to meet a demon and then realize, oh shoot, I've never looked up a binding spell before. And definitely don't want to get in any sort of trouble, correct? Of course not, officer. I avoid trouble whenever possible. Listen, both of us are know that you're messing with a demon and powers that you possibly do not understand, and we really need to go find your friend, uh, the one with the weird doll thing. Oh, has he done something illegal, officer? Uh, yes. And what's that? Uh, well, he has not talked to us and was a part of another investigation we were in. We're involved with and has escaped custody. Uh, I would like you to please roll willpower, covert um, deception, or persuasion. Is it deception whatever. because he really did do that in, at the end of that session? He ran away. Uh, I'll give you a two step bonus for that, but <laughs> you didn't pursue him then. It's weird to be pursuing him now. Oh, I didn't pursue him then. Well, that's a different story. Um, <laughs> Alright. And I don't believe I can use my charming thief skills on this one? I would say that lying with a technical truth is definitely in the Gentleman Thief wheelhouse. Alright. So... And it's influence, correct? Use yeah, influence, influence, bluff, deception, something along those lines. Got a two-step bonus. Um, 14 is what you've got to be. I will spend three plot points. 
and then I beat it at the 15. Do you see him get kind of anno an annoyed look on his face? He's like, ah, oh, Martin. What was that about laying low? Well, look, officer, I would love to help you find him, uh, but I don't actually know where he's at right this second. Is he okay? He's fine. All right. You uh, just never know when dates ever go bad. Huh? Oh, you hear about his last date? Last date? He hasn't spoken to me about his love life. Oh, that's weird. Talking about having a time with a lady in red. I just want to make sure that he is okay. And he... He looks at you suspiciously. Why are you asking about a lady in red? I'm a sucker for love. <laughs> <laughs> looks like a cop picked his ship. That's that's what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, listen, it's like, I will listen to the cheapness and just like, oh my god, a lady in red. Just like... <laughs> As far as you he know knows, what? just like, I, I just love a good little novella happening around me. I love that line of questioning. You get two plot points for that, a cop. That, that's delightful. It's like, you know what? Maybe he's genuine. Just like, he, it could be a love life. Or just like, oh shit. <laughs> I would like you, a cop, to please roll willpower, influence, persuasion. We get in a fight with this demon, all of a sudden, cops in the corner going, now kiss, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> The number that you have to beat is a seven. No, no, this is their enemies to lovers plotline. <laughs> mm -hmm. Still a ship. Ooh, I'm trying to see what I can do with this. Am I able to put in discipline? <laughs> no, not not discipline. This role is actually more about your conversation skills. You know what? I'd like to spend three plot points on and bump that to an eight. Okay. You guys know you can spend plot points before you roll. Yes. I thought I would make that roll with the three plus dice I had. Honestly, nope. <laughs> I, I thought I was I thought I was gonna make that with my D twelve, honestly. Okay. <laughs> Maybe some of us had more trust in our dice and it was wrong. <laughs> it was like listen, it was like that was at least like a little over half chance of winning. I I love my dice with all wonder. of my heart. I do not trust them one bit. <laughs> <laughs> Believe in the heart of the dice. They're heartless. <laughs> Well, I'm doing my best. <laughs> he just... He stops looking and, like, looks up... Or looks down at the table and just sort of mutters, That actually would explain a lot. I'm sorry, what? Ooh, what happened? Is it going well? Is it not going well? <laughs> Is there a second date? Spill the tea! <laughs> you guys are really here to help? Yeah. Well, of course. You're not in trouble with us. Roll one more uh, willpower persuasion roll. Uh, this can come from any of you guys. The difficulty to beat is a 12. Okay, so if I do spend a plot point before, what can I do with it? If you were to, say, spend the three plot points that you have remaining, you would get to add a d6 to your roll, and no matter what, that d6 can't roll below a 3. What are we rolling? This is uh, Willpower Influence Persuasion. Essentially, you're trying to convince him that you're here to help. Ooh, can I still be use my ch the charm of my gentleman thief? Convincing people that you're there to help even when you absolutely are not is definitely within the wheelhouse of the gentleman thief. Yes. Let's do it. Why, Dice? Why? Leo, did you did you get a 17? Yep, I rolled a 17. Well, then I will hold off that. <laughs> Okay. His face kind of softens, and he goes, Alright, 
it sounds like you sort of know what's going on already, so I guess I might as well come clean. And technically nobody's done anything illegal, so I guess I don't have to worry about you arresting my friends. By the way, everyone gets three plot points for convincing Lucan that you aren't that bad. We're the good power, people. The power of the telenovela has flown through. <laughs> I, like I feel like I have not earned these. <laughs> you the were a fantastic hurt. side character. <laughs> Did you already add the three? Yeah, I, yeah. I already added them. Okay. Alright, All right. so... Some time ago, apparently, Martin made a deal with someone called the Woman in Red. Uh, I don't know the specifics. He wasn't super forthcoming about it. But it sounds like that might be where he got his fire powers from. Yeah, well, the um, Lady in Red is not a good person to be hanging out with. No, from what I can tell, she's a demon. It seems that Hank wanted to get in on that action, so Martin agreed to a meeting. They're supposed to be meeting her tonight. Do you know where? Place called the Nocturne Theater. Ah. Well, let's make our way over there then. Well, they're meeting her tonight after sundown, so. I don't know if there's something you wanted to do to prepare ahead of time, but I'm going to be finishing a reading up on this binding spell. Should we stake it out? Take it. Well, well, we should really get some gear to stop a demon, but we also should be staking it out. And maybe, I mean, maybe we can also do some research on some sort of anti-demon fighting. You two work on getting some research to figure that out. I'll go stake the place out and keep an eye on things. And we'll meet back at... I'm going to spend four plot points to say that there's a sandwich shop nearby that the theater that we can go to. I'm actually going to deny that. Aww. Because the theater's actually in a specific place. And that is outside of town. Alright. Can there be a, a cafe close by? So I'll go ahead and describe what the Nocturne Theater is like to you guys. It is not a theater that is currently showing plays. The Nocturne Theater is more like one of those old Roman Colosseum, or like one of those old Roman amphitheaters. It's big, it's outdoors, and it is definitely in ruins. This has not been used for many, many years, like centuries even. It predates the founding of the city. Okay. So... I mean, I could keep an eye on this place as Izzy, but I need to find a spot to regroup with everybody else later. Sure. And maybe get a sandwich while I'm there. <laughs> I mean, you can always get them on the way over. You could get food on the way over. I'm just letting you know there's not really anything around it, which is probably why it's being used for the demon's meeting place of meeting place of choice. That's uh, the fact that there's nothing around it is why she's using it. Alright, so you guys know how to stop this demon. Meanwhile, I'll keep an eye on the, the demon's place and stake the place out for a while. And that's my plan. That's what I got. Okay. Look, I can't trust Solrin to do it. Solrin fell asleep on the stairs. I'm, uh, I'm doing some research on... I'm asleep. How, <laughs> on how does one fight demons? I, I'm not disagreeing with your logic, Leo. Um... However, since you are staking out, and I'm assuming you don't want to be seen while you do it. Yeah. 
I'm going to need you to make an alertness covert stealth. And yes, you can use your gentleman thief for this. Your difficulty is unknown. I'm going to burn three plot points just to play it safe on this one. So I can get a D6 on my way in. And this is uh, agility or alertness because you're, alertness. you're okay. staking out the place. Okay. Alertness, gentleman thief, and my non existent um, survival. I have covert. Can I use that? Yeah, covert. Q. Covert stealth would be what you want to use. And the d6 for a great for my dice. That gives me 18. Okay. So we'll go ahead and start with a cob and soul ruin. What specifically are you doing to prepare? I'm gonna go get gear to hunt demons. Okay. Anything in particular you have in mind? Uh, uh, demon weaknesses. Are they the usual? More or less. Water blessed by a cleric, holy symbols, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, I should note a holy symbol really only works if you are a cleric yourself. Um, the yeah. average person can't use it to ward off demons. But holy water that's been blessed by a cleric absolutely will work. Cool. I'll get that then. And, uh... Get my daggers in it. <laughs> okay. Uh, a cob. What, what did you say you were doing? Well, kind of figured that I would also probably do my own research on finding how to fight demons in, as a non-cleric thing. Um, I don't see, see any of those. Honestly, just uh, trying to brush up on how does one fight demons if I do not have super magical stuff. Go ahead and roll me an intelligence. We'll go with knowledge, and you can use either research or demonology. Question. Will Chunky Salsa rules just work on this? Like, if we just hit it with a big enough rock? Uh, you may recall from the conversation you had with Bendris earlier... Ah, yeah, we will... could go to another realm. Yeah, Chunky Salsa rule works temporarily. It sends them back to the underworld, but they can come back, you know, pretty much whenever they'd like. Uh, would I be able to use my investigation, since I'm trying to look into... I'll say yes, but with a two-step penalty. Okay. So what does that make it? So uh, instead it's, of it's what you it normally? Uh, D8. So that'd make it a D4. Okay. So, and you said intelligence? Yes. The difficulty that you would have to beat is a seven. Probably should have mentioned that earlier. Shit, well, in that case, I would like to burn through four plot points and make that an eight. The short answer is, if you want to fight a demon, you need to be a cleric. Uh, or have one on your side. That said, the cleric doesn't necessarily have to be with you to help. They just have to do something to help you beforehand. It's pretty common for people who are going to fight demons sans cleric to get equipment blessed. Most blessings on equipment will be temporary, but they can be blessed to be more likely to strike a demon, more deal more damage when they do strike a demon. Uh, armor can be blessed to resist damage that's demonic in nature. And there's even special equipment that can be used to, say, bind or weaken demons. The most well-known being Chains of Binding. They're essentially shackles that have been blessed. If, they, if you manage to place them around the demon, they can't plane shift. And 
they it's more difficult for them to move, more difficult for them to attack. They're pretty powerful stuff, very specifically intended for demons. They're really hard to make, but you could probably find some uh, as a as an officer working for the kingdom. It probably wouldn't be too difficult for you to get a set of chains of bindings, nor would it be difficult to get a cleric to bless any of your gear for up to 24 hours. Oh, heck yes. Well, that is super dandy to know. Then I would probably want to get uh, chains of binding. So how on our side is Lucan with us? Just like, is he is he gonna like, is he gonna help cooperate? Maybe possibly bless us a little bit with some stuff? Are you asking him directly? Or are you just trying to like suss it out by looking at him? You know, I feel like this one, I do want to ask him directly. Because <laughs> we're already here. Probably better than me going in by myself. Um, I'm going to need you guys to protect me while I'm casting the spell, though. It looks like while I'm doing that, I can't really do anything else. Alright, um, then. As far as blessing any of your gear, I need to save my mana for the spell, but I'm sure another cleric around here would be happy to help out. Alright, no problem. Um, uh, I, I would like to make an odd request. Okay. Uh, I like to have like a, a tiny vial of blood. Okay. For emergency sake. I'd like one blood, please. What? <laughs> what kind of emergency? Well, if uh, the demon is very strong. Uh-huh. I'm not really seeing the connection between a vial of blood and a strong demon. Well, we have our own... Let me put it this way. We have our own set of tricks to even the playing field. And they involve blood? Just a little little, little bottle of it, honestly. Maybe like two shots worth. Just max. a little blood? Two shots? <laughs> <laughs> we are literally hoping you fight a demon right now. And you're drawing the line at two ounces of blood? Uh, go ahead and make a willpower influence persuasion check. Actually, what's the difficulty gonna be? The difficulty's gonna be a four. Oh, come on! <laughs> I rolled a d12! Uh, given how much of this you seem to be doing, it might behoove you to spend some experience points on influence as a skill. As, as a reminder, it's six, it's six experience for every step in the skill. Yeah, I... Can I help out? <laughs> you cannot spend your own experience on somebody else's roll. But if you mean, can I help out with the convincing, yeah, yeah, you can roll willpower, influence, persuasion yourself and we'll take the higher of the two rolls. Influence. Okay, I don't have persuasion, but I do have influence. Oop, whoa. Oh my gosh, why did that do that? And I got a six. It's like, please, I want to be surprised. Okay, ball six definitely beats a four. <laughs> it's totally normal. He just does stuff Perfectly with normal. It. He just kind of sighs and goes, well, all right, I guess if it'll help. And you see him pull out a vial and pull out a dagger and cut himself and drip a little bit of blood into the vial. He then uses just a little bit of magic to heal up the wound. Thank you very much, Luke. Sure thing, as long as it helps. I need the blood of a cleric. You look good. <laughs> Whoa, that sounds crazy. But you're kind of nice. All right. <laughs> Uh, can I assume that you're going after the gear and the blessings that I mentioned earlier from other clerics? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Solren, are you... I guess you're nearby enough that you can help out with, with this conversation. Yeah. So. 
I'll say that you can go ahead and also get in on this action. <laughs> Zorin, let's get bust. The funny thing is, I have more charisma when I don't open my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys get, first off, your armor blocks two more points of wound and two more points of stun. Uh, whatever whatever it's doing now, add two wound and two stun to that. Your weapons deal an extra d4 damage on top of whatever else they would normally be doing. And they get a one-step bonus to accuracy. So basically, whenever you're using your melee skill on your weapons, bump that up one level. Okay, so it was plus two... Plus two wound and two stun to your armor. Then plus 1d4 damage to your weapons and one step bonus to your weapon skill when you're using it. Uh, those those bonuses all only apply when you're fighting demons or otherwise unholy beings. Okay. And uh, uh, one, They will last one, for the next 24 hours. Oh, and a one step bonus to uh, what now? To your weapon skill. Thank you. Oh, it's a one step bonus. Okay. Solren, you also have vials of holy water. Relatively standard gear for, for clerics out hunting horrible abominations. We'll say that you've got four of them. Okay. These guys deal 1d8 damage, but only against unholy beings. Okay. Uh, otherwise, they're pretty harmless. Have you guys ever watched that movie uh, Darkness Rising? Yes. With the right. where they make him drink the holy water. <laughs> it sounds familiar. Uh, oh man, I love that movie. Ah, uh, Leo. Yes, that's a me. That's a you. The map that you see before you is Nocturne Theater. Uh, it is a large open-air amphitheater. It's sort of dug into the ground like when you enter the theater you're basically at ground level like when you're coming in from the seats in the back row ah so it's uh, one and of those. then it starts yes then oh. it starts kind of going downhill down to this large pit and down at the bottom is a stage along with a handful of walls and what you assume used to be some sort of stone dressing room or something behind it maybe a storage room. You can't really see inside all that well. Now, do they have... And then behind that is essentially a cliff face. Okay. You also notice there, all these little circular gray bits are columns, most of which are broken. This place has clearly not been used for centuries. Ah. So, these columns are sort of on the very back end. Probably used to have a piece of wood behind them to be, as a sound barrier type thing. Yeah, Probably. It's a very old-school amphitheater, but that's how you'd build it. Go ahead and place yourself somewhere on the map you'd like to be to stake out. The dressing room. Oh, that just sounds stupid. So on the upper mo left most column. Okay. I'm assuming I can't climb to the top of these columns. You probably could. Um, this one in, in particular is maybe six feet high, so it wouldn't be that all that difficult, honestly. Is there covering at the top of the columns? Like there is not. Okay, then from the side it is. Oh no, how did they eat you? Well, you're a person standing on top of a column in an abandoned theater. There's like one of you. So yeah. as you're standing here, sort of on the very left-hand side of, of the theater, 
hiding behind this six-foot column. Um, there's, you know, there's some kind of bushes around. It's not like the lawn's been kempt or anything like that. So it's relatively easy to conceal yourself. And being a thief, you know how to do it especially well. Do I happen to also have binoculars? Binoculars are... Binoculars are not a technology that exists. There are telescopes that exist, but they're not... They're kind of expensive, and so most people don't have them. What Uh, if I spend a couple of plot points? Can I have one? Uh, yeah, for two plot points, you can have yourself a telescope. Something small enough that you can fit it in your pocket. One hand in my pocket, and the other hand is holding up this telescope. And now I can Uh, see things from far away. Yeah, you've got a pretty good view of the whole place. Um... And perhaps it's because you're staring down the telescope and looking a little bit far in the distance. It's why you don't hear someone approaching. Ah, fudge. (laughs) Oh, is he? You've been here about an hour. It's still midday. It's not even evening yet. When you hear a voice right next to you that says, Hello, officer. It's so lovely to meet you. Uh, I'm going to turn around and look. You see, standing before you, a gorgeous-looking woman. She has long black hair that ends in curls, and she's wearing a red dress with a slit up the left leg. She also appears to be wearing a black leather corset on the outside of the dress. Or perhaps it's part of the dress. Um, what brings you around to these parts? Oh, you know, I've always just been such a fan of history. You know, these theaters were once absolutely gorgeous. People would come from all around to see plays. It's uh, really kind of a shame to see it in such disrepair. Agreed. How about you, officer? Oh, I'm just admiring this architecture. I mean, the fans of this history of this historical site. It's amazing. Can't you believe how they've designed all of these, uh, these towers and uh, these little custode columns and to use the side of the cliff face? And, uh, guessing Izzy's gonna nerd out on architecture right now. That's lovely, officer. It's so nice to meet someone who's a fellow fan of history. Tell me, are you out here all by yourself? Well, no. I'm here with you. How are you doing? I'm doing. And then you see as she looks at you, and for just the briefest second, you swear her eyes are on fire. I'm doing just fine. Oh, I do not like this. This flirtatious method has not, has backfired on me once again, Izzy. Uh, I am going to do an escape, an escape, if you will. Okay, how exactly are you going to escape? Running away horribly. I would like you to go ahead and make, we'll say, agility athletics running. Not certain if you're aware. You want me to be a lover? Sure. You want me to be a, a thinker? Sure. Socialite? Yeah. Punching my way out? Nope. That's not my strength. <laughs> sure, sure. Yep. We had a thing going, and then her eyes caught on fire. <laughs> Don't you hate it when that happens? Yes! Uh, naturally so. Oh man, I can't use my gentleman thief to crazy run away. Nope, there's that D4. Well, not looking too hot for our old Izzy here. No. That's a five. No, it's not. Actually, it's looking very hot for Izzy. 
as you begin to run, you make it, I don't know, I want to say four or five steps before you are suddenly surrounded by a wall of fire easily ten feet high. Uh, That's not good. And for a moment, the only thing you can see is fire in every direction. And then walking through the flames as though they weren't even there, the woman in red steps into the circle of fire. Oh, don't leave just yet, officer. Not we when we were just getting acquainted. Once again, I've been backstabbed by my love of old rich history. We're going to go ahead and move on back to uh, Akab and Solrin. Well, looks like this is not too good for your old buddy Izzy here. Izzy, I'm going to go ahead and give you three plot points for partly for staking out the place and partly because it went horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Akab and Solren, I'm going to give each of you two plot points for getting yourselves properly equipped. Yay. It's approaching nighttime. If you basically, if you guys want to get there when the sun sets, now's the time to do it. Okay. Uh, Lucan appears to be ready to go. Let's go. Let's go. Going to go ahead and move Izzy's icon off the map for a little bit. He was so young. <laughs> he was such a gentleman, but alas, this was a heart he could not steal. Well, looks like I'm rolling a new character. That's what's going on here. <laughs> All right, um, Akab, Soren, go ahead and place yourself on the map from where you would like to approach. There's that other icon there. That's Luke, and you guys can move him wherever you want. Hmm. We should put him in a safe spot. I'm almost just thinking just like putting him in probably most far this back most concealed area and then we're just on his sides. Yeah. I mean if that if yeah. wherever you guys want to move it, you're free to move him. Okay, what do you think? I'm trying to figure out hmm. So feel free to to move our wonderful Luke and buddy here. We should move yourselves too. In the middle of more cover. That's what I'm trying to think on this. Maybe put him in here. Well, this is where you're approaching the theater from, so I don't want anybody inside, like, the center. Oh, gotcha, okay. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're trying to be stealthy. Airdrop, right in the center. Um, the seats that you see there, that's all those, you know, lines sort of surrounding it, unfortunately yeah. don't make for very good cover. Okay. Then we should probably approach to the side. Are these still standing? Uh, yes. The, these walls are still standing. They perhaps not standing as tall as they used to be, but they sort of vary in range between two feet tall and 20 feet tall. There okay. used to be some very tall walls indeed. And then this here in the back, is that actually a barrier? Yes, that is actually a cliff face. Um, okay, so I think we should approach... Um, Wait, hold on. What about... Somewhere um, around here so we can get to cover. How, how is this structure, like, standing? Uh, it no longer has a roof. Um, but from where you're standing, you can't properly see inside of it. 
uh, but it actually is probably the most intact structure out of the whole area. It's roughly 10 foot, the walls are roughly 10 foot high the entire way around. That's the, uh, for our listeners, that's the backstage, uh, what was probably a dressing room or storage area that they're asking about, by the way. That's the most intact structure of the theater. I think we should come in over here. Wow. Coming in from the left side, the same place that Izzy was staking out. Oh, son of a gun. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Great mind. Um, so... Are we so? Do we know like what part of the theater that this whole dealio is going to happen at? Well, you don't know for certain, but the place with the most concealment in this area would be that storage slash dressing room, and that's assuming that whatever's going down is being kept secret from outside prying eyes. Uh, otherwise, it's probably a good bet that whatever's happening will be happening on the stage. Someone has a sense of drama. Well, Soren, I feel like this uh, dressing room is looking fairly well for the most part. Uh, a lot of coverage, a lot of um, protection, and uh... The dressing room is not a place you can approach from unless you want to climb up or down that cliff. Oh, hecky heck. Okay, so... Okay, what about like, kind of behind here? Uh, again, that's the cliff face directly behind you. So unless you're climbing down that cliff to get behind there it's not really a way for you to approach that. Otherwise, you would have to go basically through the amphitheater, or the theater at some point. You know what? Let's just approach by the left again. We don't know Izzy did that. Hold on. (laughs) We could keep it interesting and do it from the right. I mean, we could. (laughs) You'll never suspect a thing. Honestly, I'm I'm still kind of just like soul and just kind of staying kind of farish away but like behind all these things just enough that they can't see us but we're kind of like one of us maybe here one of us maybe here and then if anything bad happens just like flank or if someone the pillars like are basically the only cover in the area for you to apo- approach from so yeah this is what's better known as a natural amphitheater and so the way that they work is that they go downhill and are oh. into the uh, into the mountainside so the stage is at the bottom of the whole thing. Guys, I appreciate that you're wanting to get the most strategic uh, setting here, but put your characters down. Okay. Uh, a cop? Oh, I'm trying to grab my guy right now. Okay. Nailed it. <laughs> Are you guys approaching stealthily? I assume so. You just spent the last 20 minutes trying to decide the best stealth. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're going in stealthily. Uh, please roll for me Agility Covert Stealth. Uh, and Akab, yes, you can use your low-key presence. Let's see here. The number that you're going to have to beat is unknown. I got a seven. Okay, and we'll just go ahead and roll for Lucan real quick. Lucan got a 14. Dang. Oh, and that's right. This is the start of quote-unquote combat. So I would also like everyone to make an alertness perception sight check. Even me? No, I think you see what's happening. What, uh, you know, you're, you are intimately familiar with what's happening, or at least your character is. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, there we go. Okay, so okay. Uh, what are the little points good for if you use them before? Basically, however many points you spend, double it, and that's the size of dice that you can roll. Uh, so if you spend six plot points, you get a d12. Okay. Um, and then the dice that you roll can never be less than the amount of plot points that you spent. So the, you know, whatever they roll, they have to be at least half value. It's like if you roll a d12, it can't ever roll lower than a six. Okay. So I want to spend two plot points. That's d4. Okay. Yep. And uh, what were these rolls again? Uh, alertness, perception, perception, sight. This is just the standard start of combat. See if you see anything that happens to be hidden. Roll. And I'd like to use a plot point to beef up my perception. Okay, that's a D two that you get to add on top of that. Make that two plot is, points. Okay, that'll be a D four that you get to add on top of that. Then fourteen. And Kate, you got an eleven. Yeah. Okay. So as you approach the theater. It's um, actually not all that hard to see. In fact, it seems like she's not even necessarily hiding. You see dead center of the stage in the theater is a beautiful looking woman. Black hair that is long and curly at the ends. She's wearing a red dress with a slit up the left leg. And there appears to be a black corset uh, as part of her dress. Yeah, still not as good as John. He is conventionally handsome. She looks in your direction, not directly at you guys, but in your direction. And you can hear, thanks to the uh, sound reverberations and the fact that this is a theater designed to be heard from far away. Welcome, my friends. I'm so glad you could join us. Unfortunately, you missed the initiation ceremony of our newest member, Hank. I'm sure he will do us very proud. But you can you can still witness our main event. And that's when Izzy, tied up in a rope, starts getting brought onto stage by Hank. You guys recognize him from the bar fight a couple of weeks ago. He looks different. It's a little bit hard to tell from this distance. But you could swear he got bigger. Since you guys succeeded on your perception check earlier, by the way, you would see hiding behind this wall, behind the stage, is Martin. That's the brawler that you saw from last week that used fire attacks. Stage hands need to stay out of the corners, but nope, not gonna listen. Amateur. Welcome, one and all. To our main event. Officer, do you have any final words? Yes. I don't want to be here right now. Can I Can I go? <clears throat> we'll be happy to send you off in an extravagant style. Hank, dear. And Hank pulls out an axe. I, I was hoping more for a carriage of some sort. Uh, you know... I guess. Very fall ground, maybe. Uh, very Cinderella-esque, I'm hoping for. That kind of, uh, right? Less, less axes! Less axes is my, my, I guess, moral in this story. Well, I don't really know, but perhaps the Reaper will be happy to pick you up in a carriage. 
I guess I'm gonna step out and throw a knife at Hank. Okay. Just like uh, I believe that's us initiating combat then. Oh, real quick, does Izzy have his gear or not at all? Roll a fight fate die for me. That would be you roll a d20, and the closer you get to the number that I'm thinking, the more likely it is that you manage to keep some gear. Ooh. That's a good old 20. That means nothing in this case. That actually is pretty close to the number that I was thinking of. Yes, you have your gear. They didn't take it away from you. Your hands are tied, so you would have trouble accessing some of it. Or so they think. Um, but Wait. otherwise, it's all still on you. Ah, well, now looks like a good time to try to get one of my small knives out. Because I do have throwing knives. And try to get myself out of this mess. I would like everyone, please, to roll initiative. Initiative is your alertness plus your agility. And if you have a trait related to reflexes, then you can add that as well. Being a gentleman thief affects my agility, but not reflexes. Yeah, I don't think that would make you act faster in combat. No. <laughs> it will help me get these ropes off me, but that's a different story. I can add my athletics on that, right? No. Because this is an initiative check. There is no skill oh. involved. Oh, alright. Twelve. Nine. Ten. That's embarrassing. Um, Akab, what's your agility at? My agility is at a D8. Okay. Sol Ren, you are up first. I'm gonna dagger hand throw. Okay. It's a pretty fair distance away. Okay. You are... 150 feet away from Hank. Yep. Which is gonna give you a pretty hefty penalty. I'm gonna say a three-step penalty to your ranged <laughs> daggers roll. Okay. So that would put me at a D5, right? Uh, your ranged weapons is what now? Eight. A three-step penalty to that means it's a D2. Okay. <laughs> can move a little closer. I mean, how much do we have free movement? 15 feet, I think? You have 15 feet of movement for free. Okay, I'll do that then. Um, but I'm basically... So the way range works in this is your weapon has a particular ranged increment. I don't remember exactly what it is for daggers, but I'm going to say it's 50 feet for daggers. And essentially every time you get past that range increment, your skill roll goes down a step. So since you're 150 way feet away, that's three steps down for range. Okay. Need to close that gap. Uh, what would it be for my spear darts? Same thing. All right. You are oddly enough only 115 feet away, so actually that would still be a three-step penalty. But <laughs> dang it! Um, and actually, I think I did my math wrong. So 115 feet would actually only be a two-step penalty to your roll. Um, okay. Solren, from where you've gotten now to 130 feet, uh, so that would also make it so you only have a two-step penalty to your roll. Okay. That would make it a... It is your ranged weapon knives, so instead of a D8, it'll be a D4. D4. Uh, nine. Okay. Are you trying to kill him? No. <laughs> okay. Then Hank's defense is going to include your I can kill a room, but I'd rather not traits. Oh. <laughs> Dang it! Why can't I just be a murderer? 
But you're so good at murdering. Be making an attempt to dodge, which is working in your favor. He basically he sees you readying a dagger, and he's basically like, "Come at me, bro," which means his defensive roll is only a thirteen. <laughs> but if we exclude that d20 that's not supposed to be there, I believe you only rolled a 9. Yeah. Yep. Here is, uh, by the way, I'm slightly altering how traits work. Uh, anytime I'm using a trait against you, the bigger that trait die is, the more points that you get. Ah. Uh, so for a d10, Solren, because I used that against you, you're going to get 3 plot points. Uh, with a roll of a 9, your knife doesn't quite make it to the intended target. It lands basically at the edge of the stage. Darn it. <laughs> well, this is disappointing. <laughs> Okie dokie. So, Lucan is actually up next. Cool, more time to think. <laughs> he follows suit sort of, and kind of steps out of, out of hiding and he begins casting the spell. You see him pull out his staff, upon which is the holy symbol of Cryo, and it begins lighting up with holy light. He rolls a 15 against the demon's 13. Go, Lucan! And you see around the woman in red a blue ring of light suddenly surround her. She looks around kind of in you wouldn't say panic, but definitely concern. Now, Akab, I believe you're up. Hooray. Alrighty. Um. So, what's some of the equipment on that, that I have? Well, I uh, like the, you have like, this on your character sheet. Oh no, I mean like the the extra stuff that we got. No, uh, it's all your regular stuff. It's just oh. that your regular stuff has bonuses. Oh, okay. Shit. Oh, I, don't know, I kept. I don't know. I kept thinking we like got something. <laughs> Solren got some holy hand grenades, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, damn it! <laughs> throw one of those. No, you shouldn't. Not, not with that range. Okay, so I would like to come out a certain distance, jump in the, in the air, and then throw one of my spear darts at him. So how close would I need to get to lower my, like, um, penalty? What exactly is a spear dart? Think of it like a javelin, but a bit smaller. They can actually go quite a good distance, but they're, like, almost too big to be an arrow, but too small to be a... A spear. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll say that has a range increment of 75 feet. Okay. How far am I? Hold on. You're a hundred and where you're going after Hank. You're 120 feet from from Hank, and you, unlike everybody else, can travel 20 feet without the penalty. Well, 25 feet, but you do have to make a parkour roll as part of it. Right. All right. So I'm gonna move my guy here-ish. Okay. And let me see. How far was that? That was 15. I think it was. Because you were at the back of their session. Oh, 20 right. feet. Okay, cool. So, since the amphitheater is all downhill facing, I'm going to go... My, my max is 25 feet, right? If you make a parkour roll. Yeah, so I'm actually going to... While jumping in the air, 
flip off the little seat ledges, throw the atlato, and then stick the landing a little farther than where I currently am. Okay. First, make a parkour for, roll for me. Nothing serious to beat, just a seven. And it's a agility, correct? Yes, agility and uh, athletics parkour. All three? Well, just just the parkour oh. specialty. I'm just okay, naming okay. the general skill as part of it. All right, thank you. Yeah, in Cortex, you typically name the general skill and then the specialty. If needed. Yeah, that's just kind of habit because not everybody has a specialty. Eleven. Okay, you parkour just fine. It's definitely not going to impede your ability to throw your spirit arts. And you're not going to be landing flat on your face, so that's good. Is that 25? Yes. Nailed it. Go ahead. Who are you targeting? I will all speed targeting, Hank. Okay. But if it happens to get in the crossfire of a, like, Miss Senora Roja, I wouldn't mind that either. Because <laughs> I, I, I also realized the, the line I'm currently at. Um, he's not attempting to dodge it, by the way, just like with the knife. He sees you with your spear, and he's just like, whatever, noob, try it. He has a nine for his defense. Alright. So now he rolls for his attack, right? Yes. Okay. One step pen bonus that he's got, but he's still under one step penalty, right? Uh, is this 75 feet? Where is this? This is over 75 feet. Yes, so your step bonus for... Well, the bonus only applies to demons. Since you're aiming at Hank, Hank's not actually a demon. Oh, then never mind. That's just your regular roll. Yeah. So your regular spirit art roll minus one step, that that's what you'd be rolling. Yeah, so Plus it's... Your yeah, so it's your agility and a d6 is what you're rolling, Ben. Or... Oh my god, snake eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really unfortunate. Super cool. <laughs> well, <clears throat> so what you, what you do is you do your little spin and you're trying to throw your spear midair. And then you land and you pose with your landing and you look and you realize the spear isn't going towards Hank. That's weird. Where did your spear end up? You accidentally threw it straight up. Oh boy. And it comes straight down. Oh no. I, I, can I dodge this? No, because you botched. Go ahead and roll your weapon's damage and take that much in wound damage. Does his armor still protect him? It does. Good, because they got, like, the best armor on the team. Okay, so what am I rolling on this? You didn't actually write down your spear on your character sheet. So I'm going to call those a d6. Yeah, so roll a d6. Okay. One. <laughs> okay. Uh, his armor protects plated armor is six wounds so actually you can't hurt yourself with your spears this way <laughs> thankfully for you <laughs> so you don't actually injure yourself but boy is that embarrassing whoops it's <laughs> like haha distraction <laughs> I planned it all along <laughs> I just like how all these throwing weapons are not getting anywhere near the target it's like, you, you fool, you thought I was aiming at you, but I was aiming for me! Haha! -ha. And the circus music continues. 
So now it's, uh, looks like Hank's turn? Yes, Martin and Hank are gonna go. The woman in red, you hear her shout, Forget them, go for the cleric! Martin, who, as you know, is uh, way back here, disappears in a burst of flames. Biscuit. Heck. Ah, fluffer nutters. And reappears in another burst of flame immediately behind Lucan. Oh. Balls. You guys see him. He doesn't look happy. He actually looks really upset. Oh no, he's miffed. Oh no. His entire right arm is on fire. And he takes a swing at Lucan. If somebody could roll Lucan's defense for me, please. It's a d10 plus a d8. I gotcha. Wow, his defense is higher than mine. A d10 and a d8, you said? Yes, I did. That's a good old 11. Uh, Martin beats it just barely. And with his flaming fist, manages to hit Lucan in the back. Is there any way any of us can block this? I don't know. Is there? Like, You're kind of far away from Lucan, about yeah. 10 or 15 feet. Hey, you guys have already used your turn already. Yep. I know. You have a free defensive action that you can take in between te- in between turns, but you'd have to explain to me how you're defending Lucan when you're not actually standing next to him. Holy water bomb? <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> I mean, that sounds more like an offensive action, but what the heck, I'll allow it. <laughs> It's the extreme Wait. version of squirt, squirt, down, down. But it's not against a demon, is it? It's not. Okay. You'll get a uh-huh. wet, possibly upset. Roll for me intelligence, knowledge, demonology. Mm-hmm. Or intelligence, knowledge, arcane. Knowledge. I don't have anything extra. So good old knowledge. Uh, the difficulty that you have to beat is a seven, by the way. Okay. Crossing my fingers. Good seven. Four. Er, sorry, eight. <laughs> <laughs> Four. Those are two fours. <laughs> Those are two fours. Four plus a four is an eight. Nailed it. Thank I got you. it this time. Second grade mathematics. <laughs> You too can learn your times tables. <laughs> we, can, we can all math good together. <laughs> uh, Solren, you notice something a little bit odd about the color of Martin's fire. It's red, not orange or yellow or like the natural color of fire. It's an actual like deep red color. Hmm. Meaning that it's not natural fire, but probably demonic fire. Oh. So, so yes, your holy water will work to block that punch. I will do that. But only if you target his arm. I will target his arm. Which increases the difficulty of the roll. Okay, and I will spend plot points. Okay, um, so what is my roll right now? Let me go ahead and roll his defensive roll real quick. I think you said those bottles are like a oh, deep. Oh, actually, 
a D8 or a D10 damage? D8, I believe it's D8. D8. Okay. But you'll be rolling basically your agility and your ranged weapon. But that's about it. Not the knife special. So it's... Agility, the good news is he rolled low on his defense. Yeah. So D10 and a D6 is what you're at right now. Since you're aiming specifically for a limb that adds four to the difficulty of hitting him. He only rolled a four for his defense, so that means you have to beat an eight to hit him in the arm. I will use two points because I am careful. <laughs> uh, so ten and six and four. I think I got him. Uh, I got a twenty. Yeah, you got him. Not only did you get him, that's definitely enough for an extra success. Yay! Dang, I don't know what that means, but I'm excited about it. <laughs> Anytime you roll seven more than the target difficulty, you don't just succeed, you get bonuses. Yeah. Okay, did you do something cool? Oh, wow. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> normally, these things only do D8 damage, and normally they only affect demons. But since at least his fire is demonic, it seems to be affecting him. Kindly roll 2d8 for me. I could just picture a flashback going back to there. Hey, did you remember to give that uh, uh, Silverin a bottle of uh, holy water? Yeah, sure. Oh, wait, where's that holy acid I had? Well, who knew? Got a six. Okay, minus his defense of eight. So 20 minus eight is 12 points of damage just from the accuracy of the throw. <laughs> Plus the six damage on top of that is 18 points of damage against his demon arm. As he's going to make that punch towards Lucan, you basically throw the holy water and it intercepts his punch, splattering his entire right arm in holy water. He screams in pain and immediately falls to the floor. Lest it be the sulfuric acid. Alright, now what does Hank do? Hank sees his friend off in the distance screaming and suddenly becomes concerned. Ooh, ouchie, owie. Oh no, Hank's got the concerns. <laughs> Hank, however, doesn't move quite as fast as his friend, but he books it. Holy crap. He manages to run all the way here. It's the only thing he does is just running at a dead sprint. And he makes it most, he makes it off the stage. He makes it, starts running up the stands, up the aisles, jumping over a couple of chairs, and he makes it almost to you guys. He is currently about 20 feet away, 20 to 30 feet away from the lot of you. Oh, wow. Uh, Cleric's friend? Yeah, that's Cleric's friend, okay. Hank. You were my friend, Lucan. <laughs> is he? <laughs> I hate you! <laughs> well, I'm going to untie my hands. Okay. Uh, go ahead and... Agility, Covert, I think Escape Artist is the specialty. Ah, yes. Can I use my Gentleman Thief to, to thief my way out of this mess? I'd wager that a Gentleman Thief knows his way about escaping bindings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For different reasons. Alright, agility. Why is my agility so low? Agility, thievery, and 
What would we take escape bindings? Is it uh, covert uh, escape artist oh. or something along those lines? Covert escape artist. There we go. That's a fifteen. Okay, yeah, actually, that's definitely enough to get you out of your bindings. Um, it takes up your action, but you are now totally free. Yay! I'm in danger, but still fr but free. Yay! Uh, are you making any movement? Oh yeah, I can still move. Right about to get off the stage. <laughs> For safety reasons, I don't want to be near this lady. That is wise of you, because she sees you attempting to get away, and just says, Oh no, you don't. Oh yes, I do. <laughs> oh heck. Though there is a blue line around her, she's not immobile. Ah! <laughs> this binding is spells a metaphor! <laughs> oh no! Oh, Izzy! She starts running up to you, and as, sh as she does, her skin turns red. A pair of black horns begin protruding from her forehead. And you can see in her, uh, her eyes are now set on fire. Aw, oh, man. Her fingers grow claws, and she strikes at you. Can I dodge this attack? You sure can. You still have a defensive action, so, uh... Dodge it away. Make it count, because she just rolled a nine. Hang on. I know me. I'm going to re-roll that with some plot points beforehand. For mm. safety reasons. Yeah, I'm going to burn all four of them. Okay. That'll get you a D8 on your dodge roll. D. Oh, and then... And then... Uh, eight. Really? <laughs> yeah. Your D8, because it was spent, made with plot points, can't roll less than a four, remember? Oh, right. So... Twelve. I think you mean eleven, but... That is enough to dodge the nine, so... Yeah, she swipes her claws, and you duck. Yeah. We are now at the top of the round. Solren, you're up. I'm going to get in range of Lucan so I can protect him. Okay. Uh, uh, can I take my action at another time, like in D&D, or is that not a thing? Uh, I'll allow that. Okay. I'm going to hold my turn then. Okay. Then next up is Lucan, who's going to be rolling again on that spell. And he actually rolled pretty well. 17. Ooh. Yay! Go, Lucan! Yay, Lucan! We'll remember your name now. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Luffy! <laughs> uh, Akab, you are up. Alrighty then. Okay. So, uh. You could tackle Hank. <laughs> you know what? Desperate times. And that. Man, that dude has more fucking distance than I do. Jesus. You know what? I got that about. Um, Rob, I got that about. Hank right? actually does have the running specialty, which is why he's able to move so far in a turn. Good for Hank. Um. Do I. I have that vial of blood on me, don't I? Mm -hmm. Last I checked. Yeah, it was awkward. It was. I would like to uh, take a shot of that. Okay, that that won't actually require an action. I don't think that's pretty quick to do. Yeah, you know, state of panic. I take some shots. Shots, 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 sh
everyone can see as Akab drops that blood down his throat, he suddenly begins to grow bigger. His chest becomes wider. He becomes taller. He's, he's now standing on hind legs. <laughs> and a cute little pair of cat ears. And some decidedly less cute, long, black obsidian claws. Seen this before? Uh, I'm busy dodging, and uh, I, I got my own problems right now. Akab has just become a giant jaguar monster. And for your action, yes. Akab, what would you like to do? So, I would like to make my way toward Hank. Okay. Way downtown. <laughs> Walking fast, trying to get Hank on his ass. <laughs> Ooh, actually... If I go diagonally, wouldn't that be 15 to, like, get right to him? Yeah, diagonal moves count as five feet, just for simplicity's sake. Yeah, so you get that lead. That's a free action. Heck yes. Well, I mean, it's not a free action, it just it costs the same as moving so, vertically and horizontally. Okay. Ah. And what do I have left now? Uh, you still have your action. Heck you, yes. You got your 15 free, free movement, you can do your action. Well... I'm gonna swipe at Hank. Okay. And just honestly, just just try to just knock him down. As the giant jaguar creature barrels towards him, this is a threat he takes seriously. And he does attempt to dodge out of the way. It really wasn't something he saw coming, but uh, all the same, he's prepared for it. Oh. He rolled a 19 for his dodge roll. Yeesh. Uh, I'd like... Could, could I make, like, one small thing to see if I can get some brownie points on it? Sure. Tactically, since of the design of the amphitheater, wouldn't I also have the high ground? You do have the high ground. I'll give you a step bonus for that. Woohoo! <laughs> I hear you laughing, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try it, Hank. I have the high ground. <laughs> well, Hank's already going to be on fire. That's the thing that she does, right? <laughs> okay. So, I'm just trying to look at all my stuff. So, I believe in my Nawal form, I get a uh, added dice on this. Now, let me double check. You get to add this D10 to your attack rolls. Ugh. I'm a giant jaguar with obsidian claws. Yeah, you're a mean mofo. Then that means that you get to use this wild animal fighting then with your claws? Yes, yes yep. it is. So, wild animal fighting, Nawal. Ooh. And. Is this a strength or agility for a claw? Swing? This would be a strength. You're basically just going straight at him. Okay. What was I trying to beat? 19 is what you're trying to beat. Dead. You, sir, do not have a plot points to make a difference. No, I do not. I was somehow trying to think of justifying Jungle Boy because I'm making up plot points. Uh, Izzy, you get two plot points for breaking out of bonds. Solren, you get two plot points for defending Lucan. 
And Akab, I'm gonna give you two plot points for your very first Nawal transformation in the, in the campaign. Yay! Yeah, but you can't uh, put two traits together, so you can't uh, it, use it. You can only use one trait, not, not more than one trait. So you're gonna uh, be using a Nawal. Yeah. You basically dive for Hank, and he sidesteps to the left, or to his right, I guess, to get out of the way as you try to tackle him. It's now Martin and Hank's turn. Martin is on the ground, writhing in pain, so he's not really doing anything. Hank, even though he was ordered to go after the cleric, sees a cob and thinks, oh yeah, this is happening. Yes, yes, I shall feed your ego to fight me. And he swings his giant axe at you, a cob. He rolled a 14 for his attack. So oh, right. In his dog wall form, he still gets that 10 on top of it for his dodge, too? Yep. Alright. There are many benefits to having Jaguar traits. That's 8, a 10, and a 6. Any way I can justify the parkour? No. You can only use one skill, and for dodging attacks, it's athletics dodge. Alright, just check. You're, you're not trying to jump over an obstacle, you're trying to have enough reaction to avoid an attack. Alright, good to know. So, 8, 10, 17. Definitely enough to dodge that axe. As he swings down, you also sidestep to the left, watching as the axe uh, buries itself in the earth for a moment before he pulls it out. Izzy, you are up. Alright. Operation Runaway is still happening. Okay. Gonna run here, and then I'm gonna take one of my throwing knives and throw it at her. Okay. It's not as fancy as everyone else's, though. Doesn't have the uh, fancy holy magic applied to it. Nope. Uh, she's got a dodge roll of 10. Ooh, it's gonna be rough. Yep, that's gonna be rough. I'm gonna have to burn all my plot points just to have a chance of hitting her. Okay. So that's gonna be... Plot like point. a hoarder over here. <laughs> Ah, it was on a six, then it rolled down to a two. Sad face. Yep. Um, was the D6 your plus nope. thing? That's oh. a D4. That sucks. And that hit a two. So that was exactly the two plot points I spent. Yep. Your hand is shaking a little bit, which may explain why your dagger flies wide to the right. It's now the woman in red's turn. She's not happy about you throwing a dagger at you. Oh! Oh! Other people have taken out her subordinates, but me! I'm the one that she's mad at! <laughs> I mean, you did make things personal. No, I didn't! <laughs> no, you didn't. But basically, <laughs> she was threatening your life. And your compatriot said, nah. So now she has to follow up on her threat. Otherwise, I mean, not make gonna take her seriously? <laughs> whoa, whoa. I'm an Yay. evil demon. But not a liar. <laughs> Can I holy water bomb her? <laughs> what a huge distance. I, I mean, I, I, maybe we should take care of these guys first. The one guy's on the ground. <laughs> He's not dead You yet. can try. She is 145 feet away from you, which is a three-step penalty, or no, two-step penalty. And you don't have the vial of holy water specialty. In your <laughs> range skills. 
Come on, Tom Brady this and just huck it all over the place. Oh yeah, throw it uh, to a cop and then a cop can throw it to you and then... Yeah, <laughs> yeah even I'm not that close. <laughs> You're closer. Um, <laughs> yes, but plan A is to protect Lucan. And since That's you're true. having to, you're basically the same way that you did this on Martin. You'd have to be doing it on the one in red, which means you'd have to target one of her limbs. Okay. <laughs> I'll hold that. Her eyes are on fire, <laughs> but you can try. I will never stop you from trying. No, I think I'll hold off on that. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. All right. Uh, Sorry, Izzy. Leo. She dives at you. With a five. Alright. Now all I have to do is dodge out of the way. Why am I so terrible at this? Yeah, six. Nailed it. <laughs> Just Man, talk about epic battles going on over here. <laughs> I know what I'm spending my experience points on. Uh, as part of your dodge roll, you may move five feet in any direction that you would like. Done. So, you quickly step out of the way as she lands right where, where you were, claws extended. Having jumped off the stage to try and get at you, but she has missed. We're now at the top of the turn. Solwyn, you're up. Okay. Mm -hmm. <gasps> kept holding on that turn, and now it's a whole new turn. Held on too long. Turn. Oh, that's okay. I didn't really have anything to do. Oh, what is my weapons range? A knife. If you're throwing them, I'm saying 50 feet. Okay. I don't remember if that's what it was in the book, but that sounds good. Okay, so I could hit Hank with it. Oh yeah, totally. Okay. I'm going to chuck a dagger at him. Which is... Is it agility? It is agility, yes. Okay. Ten and eight. Hank is still not terribly concerned with you, and also he uses defensive action to dodge a cob. So he's not really capable of dodging your attack as well. Okay. He gets innate defense, which is just his agility, which in this case, he rolled a two. I got eleven. Okay, that is a very nice attack against Hank, who isn't actually demonic, so your daggers would just do normal damage, which I believe is a d2. So go ahead, and I usually just use a d20 for that and count odds and evens. What is the average hit point of, like... Hit enemy? points are your willpower plus your vitality. The average person will have a d6 in those stats. So about 12. Yeah, 12 is a pretty average hit point. Hank is an adventurer who seems to be specializing in physical traits, so it would be a good guess to assume that his hit points are higher than normal. Can I use my points towards damage? What point? Like your plot points? Yeah. Yes, they can improve any roll at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just burn them beforehand so, so you can use them on a diary. If I spend two, then I can get a four and a two, right? So Correct. Okay. Thank you, four. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you spent plot points on it, so that oh. uh, D4 has to roll at minimum two. Okay. And then that's even, so two, so four. Okay. Four wounds damage. On top of the nine basic damage that you did for the accuracy of your throw, 
I definitely so <laughs> kill him. No, that's only 13 damage. Okay. What you did do, though, is... Hank's not wearing armor, so he doesn't really have anything to protect him against this sort of thing. That knife of yours basically slipped right underneath his armpit and lodged itself into the joint. <gasps> Hank's left arm is basically useless now. At least it's safe from John. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Lucan is up. He got a very poor roll this time around. Oh, He's still continuing to cast his spell. And he says, just a little bit longer, guys. I, I'm sure it's going to come up soon. Dale no sigue, sigue. Dale no sigue, sigue. Akab, you're up. Yay. Shao. I would like to make a, another attack roll upon Hank. Okay. I'd like to swipe towards his face on the side that just became useless. Okay. Uh, I'll go ahead and drop his dodge ability for that, since you are specifically targeting him in a way that's harder for him to defend. You've got to beat a 12. I have 18. Well, that is most certainly a hit. I forget, do your claws do extra damage? I believe if it's a high enough roll, they can cause, like, shrapnel damage. Okay, so they're following the same rules as your, um, quad... Is that how you say it? McQuaddle? Yeah, there's two ways to say it. McQuaddle is a a common way, and then McQuita is the other way. Okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead and say that they follow the same rules as your McQuaddle, and that they'll cause some shrapnel damage. Woohoo! But otherwise, they don't actually add any damage to the attack. Six points is still a lot, though. Uh, (laughs) Hank is still standing. He is not happy about being stabbed repeatedly by you guys. But Akav is still the more dangerous-looking threat. He can only use one arm as he's swinging his axe, which is definitely causing a problem, but he's a pretty strong guy, so it's not that big of a problem. Uh, He swipes his axe at you, Akav, for a roll of ten. All right. And time for dodging. Quick, money cat, yeah. Twelve. Okay, Hank slices air. Air that you are not occupying. Hank slices the air, but I slice the Hank. If you'd like, you can uh, move five feet as part of your dodge roll. Which now brings us to Izzy's turn. You know what I'm doing? Running and throwing a knife and hoping for the best. Okay. This, this, this plan of mine hasn't worked the last four times. Maybe this time. Good old hit and run. You're going to have to beat her 11 dodge roll. Yeah, that ain't happening. That's a seven I can throw. It's now the woman in red's turn. She is continuing to give chase. She's relentless, if nothing else. Stop it! Stop it! (laughs) Why does she roll so high on her dodges, but so low on her attacks? Because she makes other guys do her dirty work. (laughs) You know what? Sure, that's fair. Uh, Izzy, do you think you can dodge a three? Yes, now I can. Six. She swipes down at your legs, but you jump up in the air to avoid them. You can move five feet as part of your dodge roll if you'd like. There you go. Done, done. I'm good. We're back to the top of the round, Solren. <laughs> the fighters are over there, a hundred feet away from me. <laughs> the yeah, the real main event is nowhere near the stage. <laughs> 
get himself in trouble. Mm. How is um, this dude on the ground burning doing? He is writhing in pain. He is oh. he is out for the fight. Okay, cool. Uh, and Hank's not doing well. Hank's not looking great, but he's still standing. Not really emotionally well either. Just he's got a lot of problems. He's he's got some rage issues right now. Um, or primarily targeted the people that stabbed him, which I feel is an appropriate time to have rage issues, but, you know. I can move 15? Yep. Uh, that still puts me a really long distance away from Izzy. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, you you want to take out another one of Hank's joints in the meantime? He's still got an axe swinging arm. I don't want to murder him. <laughs> <laughs> yep, too, too close to that murdering. His... His friend might have issues with that. The demon you can so totally murder, I guess. I mean, technically, getting the joints isn't murdering. Shepard Book taught me True. that one. Uh, but yeah, you have a whole lot of problems if you're not murdering, though. I forgot about that trait. Thank you for reminding me. Thanks, Leo. <laughs> I thought he was rolling it this whole time. It's just doing poorly. <laughs> <laughs> It would have helped a lot on his last defensive roll, honestly, if I had remembered about it. Uh, Remember Solrin, big bonus to murder, no, uh, lousy bonus to, uh, not murder. Why did I take that trait? <laughs> I don't know! <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have any control. <laughs> oh... But I feel you for that one. Like, why did I set up my agility, my athletic skills so low when I put myself in so much danger? It's like being really charismatic, except for when I open my mouth. And I'm like, why did you take that? (laughs) (laughs) Ugh, I've cursed myself. Okay, let's see. At least it makes for an interesting game. (laughs) So are you going to attack Hank or no? Uh, yeah, he's the only one I can, so might as well just take him out. And is this, are you going for lethality? I am not going for murder. Not today. Kneecaps aren't murder. Defensive roll is going to be 20. (laughs) Oh, It's one of the reasons why Sullivan is swimming in plot points. Meanwhile, Izzy is needing plot points all over the place. But uh, since since I did use your trade against you, yes, you do get some plot points for that. Oh, I was going to use some of them, too. Uh, three. That gives me six. And... That's, uh, and, and I just used three plot points to give back to you for your uh, using your trade against you. Okay. Ten and an eight. Okay, so that D6 I spent three on, so that should bump it up by one, but that only makes it a 15. Uh, your D6 rolled a five. Did it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at my other one. Never mind, 14 still. Yeah, that D10 has betrayed you. That's what happened there. That's what happened. Yeah, it got caught in the corner with the D6. <laughs> Stop making that in the corner over there, dice. <sighs> That's what happens when you're... Dice decide to have romantic relationships. Uh, guys, we're trying to keep professional here. Look, you're a cop, king of the uh, shipping. Your telenovela keeps your dice in the corner. 
I just know? I just want to know what other things are going on too. Personally, I'm not going to go into a relationship, but it's nice to know what other people's love lives are like. You know, dice are happy to to be with anyone. They're polyhedral. <laughs> I'm not here to die shit. Uh, anyway, Blade Blade go with Hank just fine. Well, I mean, he's not fine, but he's not injured any further than he was a moment ago. Alright, is he Operation Runaway and throw a knife and hope for the best is still the plan. Lucan manages to get a roll, and he rolled not terrible that time. Hank is up, and he's real, real upset Wait. at a cop still. Wait, Hank's up right now? Hank hasn't made a move yet. Oh, alright. Yeah, I, um... Oh, no, you're right. I'm sorry. I skipped your turn. Akab is up. I mean, if he was Hank before... <laughs> okay, so... I'm gonna go... and try to go for his... Wait, does the... Does the whole, like, applying to a certain body part when it comes to attacks apply to me as well on this, or am I just, like, do my thing? No, at everybody, if you're attacking a specific body part, it increases uh, <laughs> your difficulty. Sorry. Um, there's actually, if you go to the ACPD chat in Discord, one of the pinned messages is the Cortex Quick Reference PDF. In there, it actually, in that document, it actually lists what the difficulty increase is for targeting like a limb or something like that. Yeah, so if you aim for just the whole body or whatever, it's zero. A lit specific limb, you add more to the difficulty. A small portion, like a hand or a head or a gun or a book or something like that. Eight, or sorry, eight plus eight difficulty. So if you aim for like the eyes, it's plus 12 of the difficulty. Alrighty, good to know. So if you just regularly hit him, no new difficulty, it just hits him like normal. Alright, uh, that is the case. I would like to go for another attacking swipe once more. Okay. Hank's got a 9 for his dodge this time. My cat's snoring. <laughs> I got 15. Are you sure the cat's not just purring? Yes, so she has this weird thing with her nose, and she, like, tilts her head upside down, she starts snoring. That's adorable. Oh, sneezy little meow meow. Sorry, Ben, you said you got... Oh, looks like you got a 15? Oh, uh, yeah, swiping meow meow got 15. <laughs> okay. Minus Hank's defense of 9, that'll give you 6 damage. Which is enough to bring him down. He falls over in a pool of blood. But, like, murdered? Not? Or... You don't die instantly in Cortex, but he okay. absolutely needs medical attention or he will die. Uh, in other words, in this world, Chris Tucker would say he got knocked the, the fuck out, so... Oh no, the Chris Rock. There's so many Chris's. Yep. I know what I'm <laughs> doing. Uh, so, actually, Izzy, mm -hmm. you notice as the woman in red gets up from the doved position that she was... She gets angry, she brandishes her claws, she lets out a real little roar. And then she freezes in place. I'm still gonna move 15 feet. I don't trust that. She doesn't move to come after you. In fact, the only part of her that seems to be able to move right now is her face. 
which looks somehow even more pissed. What did you do to me? As those of you near Lucan see that the spell that he's casting seems to have shifted slightly. There is now a thin blue line going from his staff straight to the woman in red. Okay. I finished the spell, guys. Great job. All right. Wait, is the fight still on? Is it over? No. The only enemy combatant is the one in red who is currently unable to move, so fight's done. Nice. For successful combat, I'm going to go ahead and give everybody four plot points. Yay! Yay! I'm going to make sure Hank doesn't die. Smart. With, uh, rub some salt on it. Okay. <laughs> Get up, you're fine! <laughs> you're fine! <laughs> Uh, what is that for my medicine? It would be intelligence? Uh, yes. Intelligence plus uh, medicine first aid. And yes, you can add your uh, rub some dirt on or rub some salt on it if you want. Mm-hmm. A one. So, six. Hopefully that's enough. <laughs> what did you roll? Six. It's actually not. What? <laughs> but... You're not actually under a huge time pressure thing right now. Okay. So, like, you, you can just try again in a couple of seconds. We're out of combat. It doesn't really matter. So, yeah, it, it takes you a minute, but you've managed to bandage up Hank enough that he's not going to be dying anytime soon. Okay, cool. Uh, how's Martin doing? <laughs> he's not dying. He's, uh, but he's on the ground and he's definitely not getting back up. Okay, cool. You can, you will notice that his entire right arm looks like a one giant burn scar. That's rough. (laughs) Don't mess with demons, kids. (laughs) Kids, don't mess with the, with the evil incarnate. Nobody, nobody wins. This is you. This is you with demons. (laughs) Important PSAs. <laughs> Hi, kids. I think it's time we have an important dogs about demon contracts. Important dogs? Talks. Important <laughs> dogs. All right. <laughs> Lucan starts walking uh, down the steps and towards the stage, specifically towards the woman in red. The whole time he's holding out his staff, and that little blue line is still connected between the two. Are you guys doing anything? Well, I'm watching her, watching me. I'm, uh, I'm, like, just kind of hang out next, like, just be next to Luke and during this whole thing, and, like, okay. also check on Izzy. Like, hey, Izzy, you, uh, you feeling good? Ah! Why are you ten feet tall? Have you never seen me like this? No. We need to work more together. Is this a thing that you do? Yes, and it's something I don't tell many people, so I feel blessed. Zombies and weird things and... Uh. Now what? Uh... <laughs> also, Lucan, thank you again for the blood. No problem. What happened while I was gone? <laughs> we prepared for the fight. Unlike somebody who got captured... I got myself out of it. I'm fine. You were supposed to be on a reconnaissance mission. How did yeah. you mess this up? David is a demon. 
I don't really deal with demons very often. None of us do. Lucan goes, well, actually, this is a first for me as well. Hey. All right, lady, how about you get rid of these contracts that you've made? No, those contracts are mine! I made them fair and square! And now you're going to un them fair and square. This isn't right! You can't do this! We had a deal, me and them! It sounds to me like I can do what I want. Weird. What kind of deal did you have? They work for me. They get powers. It's not complicated. No, they're... Sounds like they were just simple-minded, right? And the terms of that working for them? I just give them jobs. Every now and then. And they have to follow through to the best of their ability. Alright, here's the thing with this. So they have a perfectly fine contract with you. That's what I said! We had a deal. It's perfectly legal. I don't even know what you cops are doing here. Well, we have two people who are horribly injured, and I'm gonna go help them out and get them out of here. You injured them! <laughs> Look, tomato tomato, I didn't injure anyone, and you know it. <laughs> I am completely incapable of injuring someone, thank you! <laughs> <laughs> Just cause I'm bad at this. <laughs> uh, hang on a minute. Uh, Cobb, sorry. Uh, sidebar over here. Yes. Okay. Legally speaking, this contract with a demon, though still part of a demon contract, we can't touch. They're that that's perfectly fine. And they haven't actually done anything illegal. Uh, Izzy, go ahead and roll for me alertness plus intelligence, please. Can do. A six. Wow. Uh, your difficulty's a seven if you wanted to spend a plot point on that. Boy, I have plot points now. Hooray. I'll spend two plot points. That puts it in. You remember a com conversation you had with Bendris the other week, where he talked about the dolls. He specifically said there was something wrong with these dolls. And that they would cause the one of the, the people who made the contract to deteriorate mentally over time. And that's not how the contracts are supposed to work. You also remember that uh, Hammerforge had told you that basically the contracts were perfectly legal as long as both people agreed to the terms. If those if the people who made the contracts didn't know about the mental deterioration, then it would be an illegal contract. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so, they're only here to work for you, and that's it? Yes, that's it. Alright. In that case, we are free to, to defeat you as much as we want, because these contracts tend to have a whole lot of damage that you're, go that you're doing to them, both mentally and physically. She suddenly, she gets a little bit shifty-eyed. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, can I roll my persuasion on this? Uh, what are you trying to persuade? Persuade him to, to undo the contracts. Sure. Okay. You will get a two-step bonus because they're currently incapacitated by a holy spell, and that's kind of a bargaining chip. Yep. And also, Izzy, here, have some holy water. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a little <laughs> extreme. 
Um, I mean, could, could, you know, double check and make sure it's like there's no downsides or fine prints you didn't tell them about? So I'm going to burn two plot points for this. Okay. Um, since these things are completely illegal, it looks to me like you should just revoke the contracts, go back to your little hidey hole, and stay away from us here. Or we can do what we can trash you with because of the fact that we have all this evidence. So I think, and this is just me, so you can a little bit, maybe you should just go ahead and how about you stop all these contract nonsenses and, and let bygones go. Roll your persuasion. Okay, let's see here. That's charisma-based, so I can use my chip. Your difficulty's gonna be six. I'm embarrassed for using my plot points. Okay. Eight for my... Willpower. Gentleman thief, because that is charming as hell. And my persuasion. Uh, you're definitely not charming her, so no, not a gentleman thief in this case. Alright, that goes away. That's a ten. Okay. Definitely beats her six. Yep. Fine, officers. Have it your way. Let me go, and I'll undo their contracts. Lucan kind of looks to you for assurance. Undo the contracts first, then we'll let you go. Kind of hard to do when I can't move. Yeah, drop the uh, drop the the binding spell. I get my holy water ready. <laughs> I, w- I would be totally okay. worried about this. There's one thing I've learned about this particular demon. You may be conniving, and you may be pretty, and you may be dangerous, but you're not a liar. Uh, uh, so, Randy, can I, can I also have one mm-hmm. of those holy waters and just hold it in my claws? Yep. And I All know right. this because she wouldn't stop chasing me if he tried to kill me. <laughs> the- that actually wasn't my intention, but that is very much in keeping with her character, yes. <laughs> Alright. Lucan releases the spell. Uh, she loses that little blue ring around her, and she goes from being the red-skinned, black-horned demon with claws and flaming eyes, and she shifts back into the gorgeous woman that uh, you saw earlier. She then holds out her hand towards Hank and Martin, currently on the ground. And you see the two little dolls that they were carrying fly up in the air and float towards the woman in red, who holds them in her hands for a moment, blows on them, and they just turn to dust. Your friends are free from their contact contracts. Yep, that's a job. If you'll excuse me... It's been a long day. And in a brief flare of fire, she suddenly disappears before your eyes. <gasps> All right. That's done. Let's go back. <laughs> Hang on. No. Come on, a cop. We've got some um, bodies to take back to the hospital. Some cleric. Some healing place. Oh, at least it's easier in this form. Lucan says... Thank you all. Um, I know we didn't meet under the best circumstances, but I really do appreciate what you've done for me tonight. Thanks for the assist. And thank you for trusting us to assist with this. I uh, can't imagine these two will be too happy with me when they wake up. Probably not, but 
I think they'll get over it. You know, if you want to, just tell him I did the whole thing. Martin already doesn't like me for half the stuff. Well, I appreciate the gesture, but they saw me cast the spell. We had the argument before this all happened. They knew I was coming coming tonight. I, I think our trust as an adventuring party is gone now. Well, you're on your own. See ya. <laughs> Wait, um, are you guys hiring? You know? Let's take a look at the office. Could always use my hands. And Lucan travels with you back to the police department where he puts in an application. A new officer. Huh, what'd you guys bring back? We've got a friend. <laughs> That's the true reward. But also I want to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> Friends are the real reward. Except for when money's involved. Then money's the real reward. <laughs> <laughs> Friends are such a great reward when they come with a paycheck. The, the true friends are the money we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and with that, I believe we are done for this session. Uh, thank you all for playing, and thank you to everyone who has been listening. Woohoo! For your experience tonight, you get one point just for showing up. You get one point for earning and spending plot points. Uh, you get one point for progressing the story. You get two plot points for role-playing, because you guys are just always fantastic. And you'll get three points for not only solving the case, but getting a new officer out of it. So, grand total, that is eight, eight experience points for everyone. Ooh. Yay! But to everyone who's listening... Uh, thank you for your time, and we hope you have a wonderful day. Bye, everybody. Laters. ACPD Case Files is created and game mastered by Rob Ogden. Music and sounds licensed through Pro Media Art, Game Dev Market Sounds, and Humble Software Bundle Big Music 2. Produced by Leo Garcia, the Geek Scorpio. Edited by Leo Garcia, The Geek Scorpio, and Brandon Thistle, Tomato Man 7. You can help support these podcast episodes by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcast, and by sharing these episodes with a friend. You can also support us at patreon.com slash gamingtheaterpresents. Thank you for listening, and see you in the next session.